0: Hey friends, it's Jenna Overbaugh here. I'm a licensed professional counselor and I'm here to help you do all the hard things, including busting through your fear, intrusive thoughts, and worry so you can live your best life. Some of my earliest memories were being anxious and I lived my life that way until I learned more about OCD and anxiety. Since then, I learned as much as I could and I've been helping people overcome their fear and worry since 2008. Over the years, I've acquired some of the best education, training, and empowerment tools to help you understand your brain a little bit better and to finally overcome all of that fear that's been holding you back. Now, if you're ready to learn more, let's get to it.
1: This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So
0: ask yourself, what is it you want?
1: Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com.
0: Welcome back to yet another episode of All the Hard Things. I am so lucky this whole entire month, I am sharing some of my favorite kind of audience members and community members with all of you to share their story. It's really a cool experience to be on the other side and to be able to just sit back and listen and be inspired by all of these stories of people who are coming on the podcast lately. I today am bringing on Natalie, and Natalie is going to talk to us about her story. We're hopefully going to get into things like personal growth and resilience, overcoming stigma, and I just know from the bullet points that we had talked about ahead of time, that it's going to be a really amazing and impactful episode. Natalie, you've always been like, go like you've always been in any time that we've talked, it seems like you're always willing to challenge yourself and you just embody the attitude of exposure and response prevention, I feel so. really you <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I would love for you to start with kind of your story, like how you started to realize that you had been struggling with OCD, wherever it is that you want to start, and then ultimately getting to how you are here today.
1: Of course, first and foremost, Jenna, thank you so much for having me. I'm like fangirling right now. I'm like nervous, equal parts nervous and excited, but overall, just very happy to be here and share my story and hopefully inspire anyone on their own OCD and anxiety recovery journey. So I would say that I'm somewhat of a late bloomer into the world of OCD or maybe it was just dormant and I'd never really had an eye out for it. But really, I would say that all of this started a couple months ago, March, to be specific. I remember I was leaving a spinning class and I went to TJ Maxx to pick up a birthday gift for my sister and I was in the checkout line and I felt that unforgivable whoosh, come over me. And I had never felt that before. And I was like, Oh my goodness, what's going on? And I was in this checkout line and this store was packed. And I was like, I literally feel like I'm going to pass out right now. And I felt the rapid heart rate and the shortness of breath and my arms and my scalp felt tingly. And I was like, Oh my God, this is it. This is where I die. And it was just very overwhelming and I didn't know what to make of it. So I literally put the clothes back on the rack. What my sister's birthday gift, I literally put it back on the rack and I went to my car and I prayed the whole way home. (laughs) And luckily I was like five minutes away from home, but I got here and my husband came downstairs and he was like, that was fast. And I was like, and I just burst into tears and I was like, I don't know what's wrong with me, but this just happened. Both of us were very scared and concerned and the feeling persisted all throughout the day. Now I know, obviously through my own research and experience, say, dabbling in these waters for the past couple of months, that I was very likely having a, an anxiety or a panic attack. Having never had one before, I didn't know what I was experiencing at the time. So obviously I was very hypervigilant and I remember going out to dinner that night for my sister's birthday and I just felt awful and I remember just... Staring at my Apple Watch the whole time we were sitting at dinner and I was like, my heart rate's not coming down. I'm sitting at 137. What's going on? What's going on? And I, I was just a mess. After a couple days like that, I, again, obviously in this state of hypervigilance, my body did not come back to homeostasis because I was just on alert. So I took my husband, I was like, we have to see what's going on here. I want to go to the ER. Like most people with anxiety, you go into the ER, they run all kinds of diagnostics and you come back perfectly healthy and normal and there's nothing wrong with you. And that was the first time someone ever mentioned the word anxiety to me, which up until that point, I just thought that there was something medically wrong with me. Um, But I remember this very sweet doctor, she came in and she said, everything looks great. You seem to be happy and healthy and could you have maybe had a bout of anxiety? Were you stressed? And I was like, no, not that I know of. Now looking back on it, there were some obvious stressors going on in my life at the time that could have obviously led me to that. But that was the first time I heard of it. So I remember coming home and I was like, okay, so it's anxiety. And then I guess in typical OCD nature, I went and I researched everything that I could on anxiety. And the things that I was feeling, and that kind of led me for, I would say for a full month after that, to live in just a state of chronic fear. And it was the most nightmarish thing I've ever had to live through. It was literally from the moment that I would wake up in the morning till the moment that I would fall asleep and I would look forward to falling asleep at night. It was just this constant pit in my stomach. I'd feel scared and I would feel this impending doom. And that's when I unknowingly just I I kept on feeding this monster and I fell into compulsions and I would research every little thing that would happen to me or that would come up. I started talk therapy, which also made me very anxious, obviously, because I had to talk these things that I had no idea what, what they were or why they were coming to the surface. I engaged in a lot of avoidance behaviors. For instance, I've always been like a big coffee drinker. I'm Cuban, so I love my Cuban coffee. I love my espresso. And I was like, nope, I can't have coffee. I can't have sugar. I can't have anything that's going to just raise my glucose or that's going to make me have like rapid heart rate or that's going to get me into an anxious or excited state. I can't go to my spinning classes. And I avoided a lot of things for what felt like a long time, but it was really like a month. Yeah, that was that, that first month after the fact. But... Part of me was just like, I I didn't feel good. I was like, I'm avoiding all these things that I normally love. I am avoiding all these things that are supposedly what's making me anxious and scared and fearful. So why don't I feel better? And then I just kept on researching. And a lot of times the things that the results that I that would pop up would mention OCD. And I was like, I don't have OCD. And then I would just move on to the next article. And it would come up time after time. And I was just very dismissive of it. I always had this idea, and I think it's a very common stigma of what OCD is, that it was just hand washing. And I was just like, these are just like very scrupulous people that can't stand germs, that need to have everything in order. I just thought, always thought that's what OCD was. And after reading, I remember one time I clicked on this article and I was like, like I don't have OCD, but all of this sounds like me. And I had that aha moment. And that was really when I self-diagnosed myself with OCD. Yeah, everything
0: that you're talking about from just be bopping around your day, you're in the checkout line, you can go back to the exact moment and to that exact experience of that whoosh of anxiety to going to the doctors and they're telling you that nothing is wrong with you. It's hard for you to swallow at the moment. Everything is like a slam dunk case. And yeah. I really feel for you. And I feel for so many other people who in that moment, you would even said, I'm avoiding all these things. I'm not working out. I'm not going back to that store. I'm taking my seat with me and I still don't feel better. And it's now we know why. But how many people out there are still under the misperception? That's how you would need to live your life. Like their life just gets smaller and smaller. It reaches this point where it's okay, I'm not doing I can't do anything. I'm not doing anything. I have to do something different.
1: Exactly, exactly. And that's where and also running into that article at the time and seeing, okay, this maybe is OCD and seeing taking a look around. And I remember my sister is a nurse. And when she first when I first started exhibiting all these behaviors, she was like, you're always going to be your best psychologist. And it's not to say that mental health professionals are not equally useful, but she would always tell me that you have to advocate for yourself. And sometimes it, it is really hard, but you have to push yourself. And I was like, you know what? I do. And I was like, I'm not. And that's when unknowingly I started doing exposures myself. And I was like, I'm scared to go to spinning, but I am going to go to spinning. And I remember that first time I walked into the gym again after about a month and a half off. And I literally felt like I was going to pass out. I remember doing my my first weightlifting class and I felt like I I was just going to flop dead on the floor. My heart was racing. My palms were sweating. I was just in this like such a heightened state of anxiety, but I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it and I'm going to stick it out. Really, that's when I decided I was like, maybe talk therapy isn't working for me because I'm not seeing a therapist that is really qualified for what I have. And then that's when I looked into a, a therapist that specialized in OCD anxiety. And I was treating with her for, I would say, for about two months time. And I definitely, it really helped to see everything in just a whole nother light. Um, Like I had already had that aha moment, but it really helped to just, again, just get down to those core fears and see what this OCD was really about. And then. That's when she really told me, she was like, I think the reason why you've been advancing so much on your own is because you've unknowingly been doing these, all these exposures that the previous, all these compulsions and avoidance behaviors that you were doing before coming to see me, obviously they didn't put you in a good place, but as you've been working through those, that's why you're feeling better. Um. So then we, I remember sitting down with her and, and I probably haven't, I know that you're not big on themes and now that I follow you and I'm such a big follower of yours, I'm not big on themes either, but. I would say that the biggest theme or recurring fear of mine was suicidal theme, dosi. And that, and I know everybody thinks that their theme is the worst, but to me, it was like the worst thing in the world because I was like, what, why am I fearing this? Do I really want to, do I really want to commit suicide? Am I becoming suicidal? Am I depressed? And then started engaging in that hypervigilance again. And then as I was going to therapy, she was bringing awareness to that. So I was like, okay, so I'm not making these things better. Um, And then again, I just continued. I remembered my sister's words and I just continued to advocate for myself. And then that's when I really discovered your content and really this OCD community at large. And honestly, I felt so seen. I was like, oh my goodness, this is, I can't believe that so many people like me because I And I think that, and that's where the stigma around like mental disorders and specifically OCD comes in. Like, I always thought that these were mentally ill people, like only mentally ill people that are like bipolar, schizophrenic, or have these underlying like major mental illnesses could maybe suffer from something like OCD. But someone who like me seemingly had a good life, like I'm in a happy marriage, I have three wonderful children, I have a job that I love, like why am I struggling with this? So again, seeing so many people from all walks of life and a lot of people like myself struggling with these same issues was just very comforting in a sense. Not that I wish it on anybody, but it was very comforting. And I think that there is like a very strong significance in having that strong support system and these online communities like the ones that you've created. That I think has definitely helped me a lot on my journey. And like I think I told you previously, I I don't consider myself recovered yet. I I am actively pursuing recovery every single waking minute of my day, but it's def I've definitely come a long way from where I started.
0: Yeah, and everything that you're saying just makes me so happy. Like I, I did a talk once on what I think, based on research that has been done, but also based on my own experience of having done this for so long. Like, what are the X factors that make someone? We always used to joke, like within 48 hours of us having a new client, like we could tell. And of course, it wasn't always 100%. We would hit and miss sometimes. But for the most part, it was pretty accurate. Is this person going to do well in Mm -hmm. there? Are they probably going to struggle a lot? And there were always these people who had that X factor of, I don't care. I'm doing this on my own. I'm so sick of living my life this way. I'm going to go to that freaking spin class. And yeah, I'm anxious, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to go to the freaking spin class. And that always... Was like, yep, if someone has that, like whatever that X factor is, if they have that, they're going to do really well in treatment. And then research later came out to show that it was all about willingness and like individuals who had scored high on this self-reported willingness scale. Willingness meaning they are willing, for lack of a better word, but willing to experience uncomfortable emotions for the greater good. They are willing to experience short-term pain for long-term gain. That is like significantly predictive of somebody doing really well in treatment. And that's what I get from this whole story. Just tons of willingness, tons of resilience. And I love that even without you having to have a therapist tell you, Natalie, this is exactly what you need to do. You need to go and do these exposures. Like you just took it upon yourself to do it. That's incredible. And heck yeah, like I would attribute that too to probably why you did so well. So talk a little bit more. Like you mentioned the support system. Obviously, we talked about, which I totally agree, like having somebody else, even though we would never want to wish this on anybody else, there's something that's still meaningful about, oh my gosh, that person had the same thought as me. I literally just had on the podcast earlier today and she was a boxer. You can go back and listen to that episode. It's going to be two episodes before this one, but she was listening to a podcast of somebody who also was a boxer, had contamination OCD. And she said in an interview that she never let her boxing gloves touch the floor. And like this other woman who I had interviewed, who was also a boxer, she was like, oh my God, like I've never heard anybody say that before. I do that. i never let my boxing gloves touch the floor. Wow! And there's just, I love that experience. I love that. Holy shit. I cannot believe that I'm not the only one. And it seems like- Absolutely. Giving you that experience too. So talk to me a little bit more about your support system, like family, friends, what does that look like for you?
1: And how has that impacted your journey? Of course. So a lot of it was just changing the narrative. So I'm Latin and I know that you recently had Melissa, I believe it is Melissa Marquez on and she, she also comes from a Hispanic household and he, in, in the Latin and Hispanic communities and in our cultures, It's not like mental illness or like mental health isn't important, but it's just, okay, like we have bigger fish to fry. Come on. We can't be worried about if you're feeling anxious or depressed. And I also come from a family of immigrants. My family emigrated from Cuba here to the United States. It was always about that pursuing the American dream and reaching these important milestones, which they are, but really like mental health was never a topic of conversation. And now as a parent, that's why I said like there, there's a, changing of the narrative there, because now I'm important. Our physical, or emotional, our mental health is equally as important as us achieving these long-term goals. But part of changing that narrative internally for me was just not feeling ashamed that I was struggling. And I think that it also, a lot of it has to do with, like I mentioned, my Hispanic culture and my Latin background, where it's, we suppress these negative, uncomfortable or unsightly things, because we have to be We have to keep it together and we have other things that we need to do and that was me for a long time and anyone who knows me and and that's why i struggled so much because everyone who knows me is natalie is the life of the party like i'm always the organizing one i'm always like yes let's go out let's get together let's do this let's do that and for a long time and i know it wasn't a long time because i really was struggling at the peak of my ocd for i would say two months but for me it felt like an eternity but during that time i felt like i had lost myself I felt like I had lost myself. I remember it got and and this always makes me emotional, but it got so debilitating where I was so just scared that I was just like scared to look in the mirror. And it was just like I feared like not knowing who I was because again at 30 years old, now just battling and struggling with these emotions for the first time. A lot of that for me was just breaking those walls down and opening up to people and saying, Hey, I'm struggling. I I don't feel good for once. And it was a hard pill to swallow, at least I would say for like my mom and my sisters, because they always know me to be this strong, bubbly, lively person. To see me in the trenches and my husband, who is for sure my biggest supporter, just opening up to him and, and just saying, I'm having these thoughts and they're crazy. And I know that I don't want to act on them, but I feel so scared right now. And just like breaking down and just just letting it all out. That to me was a big deal. And therapy certainly did help when I was doing the ERP therapy with my therapist, but it's never, I say it's never the same as when you can open up to a loved one and just feel heard and feel seen and feel loved despite the fact. So that was a big thing for me.
0: What you're hearing sounds kind of a little bit too right up your alley, and you haven't checked them out yet. I want you to go after this episode and check out my master classes. No more band aids for OCD and anxiety. We are going to conquer this thing once and for all together. And yes, with or without a therapist. I have master classes available on my website that start at $27. I am here for you. You can go to my website right now www.jennaoverbaughlpc.com and click masterclasses these are all based on evidence-based strategy that works and they are truly the perfect blend of education motivation and step-by-step strategies that you can use right away so again go to www.gennaoverbalpc.com masterclasses two crowd faves just so you know are the ocd and anxiety cycle and erp basics When you want to learn more about OCD and anxiety, this masterclass is the answer to finally understanding all of your confusing and paralyzing thoughts. By the end of these masterclasses, you are gonna feel so much less alone and you'll be like, oh my God, finally someone gets it. So many people who have been in treatment for years took the OCD and Anxiety Cycle Masterclass and told me that they still learned so much. Then we have the ERP Basics Masterclass, that's for when you're actually ready to take action with OCD and anxiety, and that is ultimately your best starting point you're going to get all the information that you need to start implementing actionable steps right away. No longer is ERP going to seem like the paradoxical and totally freaking backwards intervention that you probably think it is. It will make so much sense. And by the end of it, you may just be a little bit excited to get started. So head to my website, www.JennaOverbaughLPC.com masterclasses to get started. It's a fine line, right? Like, you want to get that support yeah. from your family without them accommodating, but we have to tell them not to do those accommodations. It's just also strange, right? So, I'm so glad that you have that support system. Yep. And I am always just so inspired too and energized by these badass parents who, like, knowingly are not, right? Like, you're just doing what you know is best for your recovery. You're going to that spin class, you're going to the to do the challenging yep. thing. You're speaking up about mental health because it's a challenge for you and it's good to do challenging things. But like, think about the example that you're setting for your kiddos too. I think that's so important.
1: Yep, absolutely. And and that's and now I think like I have this like newfound awareness of it too, where I just I never want them to feel the way that I did. Because here I was at 30 and I was scared to open up to my mom about it and just say, I'm I'm struggling. Like I don't feel good and I'm having these crazy, weird, awful thoughts. And I don't know what's going on. And I never want and I in that moment, I was like, I never want my kids to feel this way. And it's not like I sit down with my kids and I tell them about my intrusive thoughts or anything like that. Just again, and it all goes back to me, it was a lot of changing that narrative. Like, it's okay not to be okay. And just being a little bit more open, which I would try to mask that for basically my whole life and now I I feel like I do a better job at that and sometimes I'm no longer afraid to be like hey you know what mommy needs to pick me up like how about we go to the park or how about we go for ice cream so that's definitely helped
0: yeah you're creating a safe place for them like they know like maybe they won't need to come to you for that stuff but they know that if they ever do then they know that you're a safe spot for them and I think that's beautiful yeah speaking on those like
1: beautiful parts
0: of recovery and all of these, like we said, right, we would never want to undermine how awful OCD is. We never want to like underestimate the awful trenches that people can get into. I've been there. You've obviously been there, but there is this like personal growth that you go through, right? The cultivation and the nurturing of that courage over time, like you become more confident and you start to have this appreciation for things that you wouldn't otherwise appreciate. Like, you appreciate these small simple conversations about just like closeness, and you appreciate small conversations about mental health that maybe somebody else without your experience or without OCD might not appreciate. I know that happens with me all the time. Mm-hmm. I used to be terrified to be alone with my son due to harm OCD, and like now. I look back and I wasn't able to be alone with him for five minutes while my husband took a shower. But now I can be with him. Like I have literally, we're at the end of summer. I've had him home with me for three days completely by myself this entire summer. And I'm like, holy cow. I appreciate that so much. And there's tons of other parents out there who have had a child home with them for the summer, but I appreciate it so much because I know what it's like to have not been able to do that. It's just like I get goosebumps even thinking about it. So talk to me a little bit about what else have you learned about yourself or throughout about life throughout this kind Absolutely. of informational process of ERP and just being able to challenge yourself. It's really beautiful. I'm on, can you hear me? I can hear you. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I lost you for a second. I was like, oh no.
1: Uh-huh. It was like such a good question too. I was very passionate about it. Did you hear it? <laughs> so just tell me the end of it because I heard it like very quick and like gibberish. It's okay. I will
0: edit it all out, but essentially I'm Uh curious, like what else, because of this transformative experience that is OCD and anxiety recovery, what other little things are you able to do now that you haven't been able to do before? Like in what other ways has it changed your outlook on life?
1: Yes, for sure. So I can definitely relate to being a lot more appreciative of the little things. It just yesterday, I had one of those moments of just like such profound appreciation. Like I was able to sit down with my husband and just watch a show on Netflix about tacos. Something that like I couldn't even sit still because I reached a point at the peak of my OCD anxiety journey where it was these intrusive thoughts were just so relentless and they were so debilitating where I couldn't possibly focus on anything else but that. I was like a shell. That's like the best way that I can describe it, where I was like the shell of a person going about working, taking care of my kids, doing, doing the things. But I was just so in my head the whole time. And just being able to like sit down yesterday and just watch that show. And I'm not going to say that. For glimpses of that time that we were sitting down, which was for like about an hour and a half, I didn't have intrusive thoughts pop in or like remembrance of that. But just being able to be there and be present and not feel that anxiety and genuinely feeling relaxed, it was a big thing. And I can certainly relate to the harm uh, OCD surrounding your son, because that's also something that And as we all know, and as you've taught us, OCD loves to play whack-a-mole. And once I think that, and I don't know if this happens for a lot of people, but I think that as I read more on OCD and I read more about all these subtypes, it was just like alerts and little red flags everywhere. What if you have this? What if you have that? What if that turns into this? And oh my God, can you imagine struggling with that? And I remember there was a time where I was like that and it was like, oh my God, my head would hurt so much. Like it would be 11 a.m. And I was just so tired of thinking. but. But yeah, I went through that harm OCD, you know, who's like the one that is the most needy. He's also the smallest, he's 6 And he's always on top of me and he loves being affectionate and cuddling and everything. And I never, I never turned him away. And I would say that a lot of times like the OCD in me was like screaming to, no, what if you snap or what if see this in an inappropriate way? You know, that POCD coming in as well. I just, and I remember reading and a lot of the things that you advocate for as well. It's just going towards your values despite the OCD there. And that's a big thing that I, I think that's like the biggest part in my recovery. Like I do the things despite the OCD being there. And, and it really does. Now looking at it from where I am right now, I have a lot more of an appreciation for the small things like being able and, uh, to lay down with my kids at night and read them a bedtime story or watching a show with my husband or being home alone. I remember like the biggest testament to my recovery or the fact that I was improving was when my husband had to go on a business trip. And I had the suicidal themed Doe City, like it, it was so loud. And it was like, you're going to be alone. Nobody's going to be there to watch you. Nobody's going to be there to stop you. What if you do it? And like I said, it was just relentless. And my sister asked me, I remember my sister asked me, she was like, do I want to go? No. I was like, no, I'm good. And it was so hard. <laughs> and I can't even sugarcoat it. It was so hard and it was so challenging. But I remember sitting there like on the third day, he was gone for a total of three days. And I was like, I, I did it. Like I was alone and I didn't snap and do anything crazy and here I am and I'm fine and I feel good. And it was just a sense of accomplishment. And yeah, it just goes to all of the personal growth and really resilience that you build when you're in the trenches of OCD and anxiety. So it's definitely, I wouldn't say like I'm thankful to OCD and anxiety. I think it would be (laughs) hypocritical of me to say I value this part of my journey or i I you know, appreciate what I've been through because it's made me as resilient as I am. Like, no, I I wish I would have been this resilient without having to go through that. But now that it's happened, when I can reflect on those moments, I definitely do feel proud of how far I've come. Yeah, you definitely should feel proud of how far
0: you've come. It's inspiring. And to the fact that like you did so much of this, even on your own before you had a therapist telling you that you needed to do these things, I think that's just so incredibly powerful. I would love to hear, I know that this is not a question that I like had you about, but I would love to hear if somebody else was in the trenches, they're like you were in that store, having that whoosh of anxiety, maybe they're on their way to the doctor or whatever it might be for them. They're like in the trenches themselves. What kind of pieces of advice would you give to them moving forward?
1: Honestly, to, I think the biggest a piece of advice that I would give them is something that you actually said in your, I think it was in your blog post from last week. It's feel the fear and do it anyway. Whatever OCD is asking you to do, quite literally do the opposite. And I think that I did that so many times, time and time again, that after a while, OCD went from being this big, scary, monstrous thing that was bigger than life, that was bigger than me, that was all consuming, to just like talk in the background. And it's not to say, again, it's not to say that I am like the perfect recovery story or that I am, that I feel like I am fully recovered. No, like there are days and like last week was one, like last week. And I think this happens to us ladies. It was my time of the month and I was hormonal and it was just, it was loud. It was louder than ever. And it was a little bit hard for me to be present and to do the hard things, but I did them anyway. And that's really the biggest piece of advice that I could give to anybody that is struggling with OCD. It feels scary. It feels debilitating. It feels like it's quite literally gonna eat you alive, but it's not. Like you are far stronger than OCD, screaming at you, telling you all these horrid things and putting all these intrusive thoughts, urges, feelings, sensations in your mind and in your body. And yeah, I would just say to just stay the course. And although it feels very risky and dangerous, and like you should be doing the total opposite, it's exactly what you should be doing. And resisting those compulsions, I think, and really just resisting avoiding anything that OCD is asking you to avoid is going to be key. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, and something that you're mentioning time and time again, which I hear it from people all the time, and especially with your themes or types, right? Like with the panic and then the suicidal OCD, right? Like, feelings. It feels so real and it feels like there's something really wrong and it feels like I really could. That F word, feelings, trips people up all the time. Really quickly, I was going to like wrap up, but I need to know your take on this. How would you encourage somebody to get over that objection? Because it's so common, like the feeling part of it. And I'm sure that was so real for you too. So how did you
1: overcome that? And I would say, I, I honestly, this is the best advice. And again, I'm no expert. I still struggle occasionally, but, but they're really just feelings. They're not facts. And that's, I think that when you can really understand that and not just like compulsively tell yourself, like, these are feelings, these are not facts. But once you can really grasp your mind around the fact that, They're just feelings and they're fleeting and never, very rarely are we in the same state of emotion for an entire day, much less like our entire life. Like we're never, we're never happy for an entire day or we're never, or something bad happens to us and we're never sad or angry for the rest of our lives. They're feelings and they will pass. And the more that you can stay grounded in the present moment, I think that's really going to be key. And that's definitely one of the things that kind of really helped me on my journey too. When I started adopting these mindfulness and like self-care practices, when I started, one of the things that I took on was meditation. And I I know that there's like mixed feelings about meditation and meditation can feel very overwhelming when you're in the trenches of OCD. And I know because I've been there, it's like your mind is screaming at you. But you build this, I want to say that you build this like mental muscle when you have OCD screaming at you and you're constantly acknowledging it, but coming back to the present moment. And there it is again okay, but I'm going to come back to my breath again. And I would say those first couple times were brutal. And I was like, this doesn't work. I don't see why people I'm say that meditate trail. makes you a oh more God. Zen person because, I'm- yeah, <laughs> I know. I was like, I am not Zen at all right now. I'm about to lose my shit quite literally, but no, it really does. And it's just engaging those mental muscles. And I would say that would be my biggest kind of tip or word of advice. I know it sucks to hear it. They're not facts. You do not want to act on these things things. And that's really one of the things that I think have helped me the most. And I remind myself always of that. If I'm this distressed about it, I probably don't want to do this horrible thing that I'm thinking that I want to do or that OCD is tricking me into thinking that I want to do. So yeah, that would be my biggest piece of advice. Facts over feelings, just return, just come back to the present moment. And I would say 99.9% of the times we are pretty safe in the present moment.
0: Absolutely. Such good advice. I'm so glad that I had you on. So I just want to make a million little clips, especially of that end part, because the feelings can be so tricky for people, but you said it perfectly. So thank you so much for coming on here, Natalie. I know that I am going to get a bunch of people who say, oh my gosh, I resonated with Natalie's story so much, and they just want to say thank you. How can people reach out to you and just say a quick thank you if they resonate with your story and want to say thank you just really quickly?
1: Yes, of course. So thank you to everyone that's listened to a little piece of my story. I hope that it somehow helps or inspires you on your own journey. And if you want to follow me, I will leave my Instagram handle and also my Facebook handle with Jenna so that she could add them to the show notes. So if you do want to reach out for, again, just to have that sense of community or for advice, or again, just to thank me, I'm happy to hear from every single one of you. And thank you again, Jenna, for having me on
0: amazing. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much for listening
0: to my podcast. It would mean the world to me if you would take a quick minute to please give it a review. And while you're at it, check out my website at www.JennaOverbaughLPC.com to sign up for my free email newsletter that includes an instant free downloadable PDF to help jumpstart your OCD and anxiety recovery journey. You can also find me on Instagram or TikTok at jenna.overbaugh. If you liked what you listened to here, you can download some of my workshops and courses on OCD, anxiety, and treatment at my website as well. Thank you so much again for tuning in and until next time, keep doing all the hard things.